0: Hello and welcome to Minto Dialogue, episode number 288. Today is Sunday the 5th of August 2018, and this interview is with Ofer Lidsky, who's a serial entrepreneur with his finger on the pulse, having launched a handful of startups, including in Security, TerraSafe, and Computer Brain Interface, under Excellent Brain. In this conversation with Ofer, we discuss his startups and the mission that drives him. We also take a deep dive on his latest initiative with Digital DNATix, a genetics blockchain company that is striving to create an open, worldwide platform for confidential and anonymous genetic storage. It's a fascinating space for an important topic. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue podcast, where we discuss branding and all things digital. I am Minter Dial, your host, and you'll find the show notes on my eponymous site, com. Enjoy the show. So, Ofer Lidsky, thanks for coming on the show, piped in directly from Tel Aviv. You are a, um, let's say, a, just a, a lifelong entrepreneur. And uh, in the little conversation that we had before going live, I got a chance to hear about just how many wonderful things you're up to. So, Ofer, in your own words... Tell us uh, who you are and what you're up to.
1: Well, first of all, thank you very much for hosting me. And uh, hello, everybody. So as you said, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for all my life and um, mainly developing software for different projects and and companies I opened. Um, One of my biggest ventures was building um, a virtual reality um, platform back in 1998 which was uh, running on the internet before we even had an ADSL. <laughs> and it was the time before even Second Life uh, came out. And it was very exciting times during, uh, um, and then in the years of 2000 and you know, all that, all the startups in Israel. So I've been in this landscape for all my life. And today <clears throat> I have four companies um, in, in different fields. One of them is Brain Computer Interface, one of them is in uh, information security, which I've been doing for over 14 years. And one of them is in the virtual reality field and one in genetics. So it's very interesting what I'm doing and I'm, I'm, and I'm trying to keep it interesting. Um, so I think w- one of the biggest uh, issues for me is really... Um, it took, it took me years to, to come to the place where I really love what I'm doing. And I have, I have the setup uh, where I can really create new stuff and, and do. And I have a great team behind me. And uh, it's it's really interesting what we're doing.
0: Well, it, Ofer, you, you are clearly, um, you know, you're very eclectic, if I could say that, because you've got such a broad scope of activities between cybersecurity, uh, genetics, brain-computer interface, uh, virtual reality. So uh, what is the unifying element that allows you to keep your fingers in all these pies in your mind?
1: Well, first of all, there is a theme behind all the projects. Um, My agenda is really to make the world better and to help people. So every company I do or project has has, uh, this agenda behind it. And, uh, and uh, I think this is the main theme that, that leads me, is to create new technologies that can really can solve big problems and, and, big, and bring new, new things to the world.
0: All right, let's start with the, probably the hardest then, which is the security component. Uh, to what, ex- what, is, what is your proposition in security? Because it's clearly an enormous industry, a burgeoning problem at every level, whether it's state, individual or company so, what is your proposition in security?
1: Well, I am the founder and the owner of a company called TerraSafe, uh, which is one of my companies. And uh, we've been operating since 2005 in the information security field, um, um, providing information security services in Israel to small to medium-sized businesses. In different aspects whether it is um, encrypted backup um, encryption of of the the different data in the organization Um, in the last few years, let's say the last four years we had a lot of incidents of ransomware and and you probably heard about that so so this is a lot of things that we had to fight and we became expert in that field and actually because of ransomware I got to know blockchain uh because the, the the payments that hackers uh, wanted uh, for their ransom was in in Bitcoin and, and those uh, really weird virtual coins, and this is how I got to know uh, blockchain, which later on a few la- a few years later, I connected it with block with genetics to really bring something new to the world.
0: Well, so there's obviously a link of, of security in those two. I want to talk also about your brain computer interface. Uh, because as I was understanding it from you, this, the intention here is, amongst other things, I'm sh- pathologies that you're dealing with, is to help the world get off of Ritalin.
1: Well, um, yeah, we have a very big agenda. Um, Excellent Brain is a project I started in 2015, which started as a, as a community project. With with an agenda to bring neurofeedback training for ADHD to schools in Israel for free, and to bring a new conversation that there are different solutions before you use the the drug that you just named, which is uh, based on methylphenidate. It's it's the active uh, chemical behind it, and. uh, I, I got into this field uh, personally because something in, in my family and I, I studied it and, uh, and then I, I got to know this wonderful technology, which is called neurofeedback, which is, um, doesn't have any side effects, works on, on your will to improve yourself and, and just gives you a positive feedback when you're doing something right. And, and this creates a learning process where you can learn and enhance an ability such as your attention ability. And when, when I got to know this wonderful technology, I saw that, that it's currently um, it's not available to all the populations. It's too expensive and, um, and, and really not, not available at home and, pro- and, of course, not at schools. And, and this is where I also opened a company that developed a platform that enables to bring this wonderful technology to schools and to homes and and to different places that you couldn't bring it before. And um, so so today, this project has two arms. We have a non-profit foundation that really um, um, operates the agenda that this project was created on to help kids in schools in Israel. And we have a a startup company that developed the, the platform that enables to really do neurofeedback in a in a very easy and a new way that you w- was not able before.
0: So, if I'm a school principal, listening to this, and I'm interested in finding alternative solutions to this broad, widespread issue, is that would they be able to work in under the non-profit banner, or do they necessarily go to the you know your startup? How does that work?
1: Well, in, in Israel. We are operating in schools under the non-profit foundation and uh, we would actually love to uh, duplicate that to other countries and, and you know, we contact the right partners in different countries. Uh, but currently, all, all uh, contacts from abroad are, are, are done through the company, through all right. the, the business company.
0: All right. So if I'm a parent and I have a child with ADHD, what do I need and how long does it take for my child to figure this out, you know, is there is there a moment when it's too late for my child to use it? Is it uh, how complicated is it? You know, to start at what age can they start learning it? And and do you have e-learning that you know brings them on board to learn the tricks and, and the responsibilities that come with it?
1: Well, the current age that that we recommend is the the age of ten and up, and and there, it's never too late. Your, your brain is, uh, is elastic, and it's, you can always train your brain, and it's an ability. You, you train uh, exactly the way you learn how to ride a bike, bicycle. So, so, it's something that you train and it stays with you, the ability of, of your attention and, and your focus. Uh, so, we developed a home kit that the parent can use with his child very easily. Um, and and just reading a manual and and, uh, after a few hours of of, uh, playing with the system, you can really get into the training program. And the training program consists of 30 sessions, which, which each one of them is 30 minutes twice a week. So it takes about 15 weeks to complete an entire training program, which really makes a difference because you repeat what you learn many times and this is what makes the difference and and make your br- your brain learn this new ability and enhance it.
0: I see. So it's not something you stick onto your forehead and then start reading Nietzsche or Shakespeare and all of a sudden you start to be better more focused. It's a it's a it's a a learning system which creates a habit that then you then use when you're reading exactly. Nietzsche. Okay, cool. Exactly. Well, we'll be sure to put the show notes. Uh, put the show notes about it. An ex- excellent brain, because that sounds most interesting, Ofer. All right, let's let's not focus on the thing which really which we got together on, which is um, or the reason why I got you on the show, which is about your latest uh, initiative, which is called DNA Ticks, and you have gone around putting the your genetic your genome on the blockchain, as I understand. So tell us a little bit more exactly what DNA DNATex is doing and what the latest launch is?
1: Well, first of all, I have to uh, share how I got into genetics. Um, My best friend, um, since the age of 12, is a graduate of uh, genetics from the Weizmann Institute, and he has his PhD. So I I used to go a lot to his lab and and play with him. And and this is how we got into this field. And um, about a year ago, Uh, we came up with the concept of combining blockchain and genetics in order to bring new possibilities into the world of genetics. And um, we've been uh, doing genetics for over 10 years. And uh, one of the major problems in genetics is security and privacy. Uh, People don't like to give their DNA, and and nobody likes to give his DNA to a company that doesn't know where, where it's going and who is going to use your DNA. And until today, there is no genetic service around this planet, which is anonymous. You always compromise your identity. And, and once we combine blockchain and genetics, we, we bring into the table this new solution that can enable any consumer to consume genetic services in an anonymous way. Once we understood that, we understood we have a game changer. Because this will change the way people consume genetics. It will not compromise their, ident- their identity.
0: So then you are a, an interface to anonymize my saliva going to 23 and Me.
1: Yeah, exactly. We are the infrastructure, which is blockchain-based, that will enable all the different players in the genetic field to play together and still keep the privacy of the consumer. So, so, our dream is that 23andMe will use our infrastructure to sell their services in an anonymous way. Exactly. So, we are building a dedicated blockchain because we saw that all the different blockchain technologies currently available doesn't come even close to the functionality that we need for genetics, which is not transaction speed. It's something else. So, we are developing a dedicated blockchain with all the functionality you need in order to uh, bring anonymous genetic services. And, and one of the biggest problems is data size.
0: All right, so talk us through the challenge then of putting my genetic coding on the blockchain. I mean, obviously, the majority of the people who are actually listening to this have you know, less, more amateur understanding of what blockchain is in the first place. But in the best manner you know how, how does one go about putting your genetic coding onto the blockchain?
1: All right, so first of all, blockchain is a great technology and we are using it to solve problems in genetics. Blockchain is not a magic technology for everything and it has to be used in the right way for certain solutions and it's going to disrupt different fields because it really brings new new solutions in security. And, and the best thing that it does, it really separates the identity of the payer that wants to consume something from the payment. So, so, so you keep your identity safe. And, and this could be in different fields. So in genetics, it's really important because now you can test your DNA, you can upload it secure, in a secure way, and nobody knows who you are. And this will change the way people consume genetics because, as I said, until today, every time you consume a genetic test, someone knows about you and and has your dna and and so this is really a game changer so how do you use the system at the current stage we are still building the dedicated blockchain but we already have the interface for the user which is done through a genetic wallet we took the concept of a wallet from the blockchain and we connected it with genetics so 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 the genetics genetic wallet is actually a software which is the portal for the user to consume genetic services in an anonymous way it contains a marketplace of different genetic services such as full genome sequence and genetic tests and storing of, uh, your DNA and inheriting your DNA and and it has all the side of using the DNA token to stay anonymous in order to consume the different services uh, and and we as, as I said before since I'm coming from the VR field and I've been, I've been developing a lot of 3D applications during, during my life, um, we really wanted to think out of the box and, and bring new concepts into genetics. So, so we incorporated some 3D interfaces into the genetic wallet, which we think it's the first time that you, you see a genetic application with 3D interfaces and, 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 and new concepts. Um, because we think that the, 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 it should be really easy for the consumer to use the system because he has no knowledge of what genetics is and what test it is and how it's being done. He just has to have the best interface to use it and, and to get results in order to manage his health and and to use genetics as a predictive tool uh, in order to be, you know, in pre- predictive medicine. Uh, so let me, yeah.
0: let me just ask. I mean, I, I love the, uh, you know, and I really understand there's, there's a lot of activity around this idea of using artificial intelligence, of using data and the, the new opportunities to understand our bodies so much better. But you know whether it's this 3D visualization or, or whatever, how on earth do I get my DNA into this thing called the blockchain? I mean, you know, do I have to cut my skin, paste it onto my computer screen, and then magically, it just it goes in, you know, obviously not.
1: We're not there yet, uh, hopefully hopefully soon. So um, it's being done through a process called full genome sequence. It is, it is the process of taking the molecule of the DNA and converting it, sequencing it into a computer file. And, and, and you do that with a DNA collection kit. Today, the DNA collection kits are, are used with saliva. So you don't have to give your blood or, uh, you know, or no needles or stuff like that. Uh, you just give saliva... You send it through the mail to a laboratory, and you get your sequence to your genetic wallet as a file. So like and, a then, and then the game begins, because then you want to know the meaning of the file.
0: So, so specifically, uh, I, I, have, I, I get my kit. I have to go to Illumina or someone like that, and then they will send me the kit. And I just talk us through the specific process, sure. you know, like for me, if I wanted to do it.
1: All right. So uh, you have two possibilities. We have already launched a pilot service where you can get the kit from us and we still uh, don't compromise your identity and you do it through us and it's a, an anonymous full genome sequence. You get the kit from us, you put saliva, you send it through the mail, you don't, have, you don't put any of your uh, ident- identity on it and, I mean, and you get it to, to your wallet and in our system you are just a code. We don't know who you are. But you can also do it through different genetic laboratories around the world. So you can come with your own file and, and join the ecosystem of Dianetics, or you can do the sequencing through Dianetics and then upload your file. So th- these are the two different uh, possibilities. But it always, uh, the process is always giving saliva and, and sending it to a laboratory and, and sequencing it into a file. Which, which then you want to analyze and know the meaning of the file, which is your DNA code with all the different secrets about your future.
0: So as far as the ordinary punters, you know, like a consumer like me, uh, I give it over and then you basically encode it into uh, something that the blockchain will verify.
1: What, what we are doing with the blockchain is developing an infrastructure that will store all the different uh, uh, genomic sequences of of different populations. And uh, I I must explain a few very important uh, points. First of all, you own your DNA. We do not have access to your DNA. It is encoded in your wallet, and only you have access to it. As long as you keep
0: the uh, password, because just like with the Bitcoin, there's that whole challenge of, you got to remember that that's a unique password, and if you lose uh, that uh, password, you're screwed.
1: It's your private key, exactly. Uh, there are some new concepts with that, but yeah, let's say uh, f- for now it's like that. You have your private key, and if you lose it, then uh, then it's gone. Um, but but your DNA is secured in your wallet, only you have access to it, and you can choose if you want to participate in research and get rewarded. So then you, you give access to the DNA to a certain researcher, for example. Um, so so what it means that the infrastructure enables you to really operate and, and store your DNA and then analyze it, stay anonymous and participate in research if you would like. So so it's an it's an ecosystem for all the different players where in the middle, the consumer itself that consume different genetic services.
0: All right, so if I then, uh, you know, I, I use your services, how much do I have to pay you t- to, I mean, I, I hear I can get paid if I give it to researchers, but how what's the business model as far as I'm concerned? How much do I have to pay you uh, and or, you know, miners or, you know, what tokens and all that, you know, give us a little bit of a feeling of, of the payments structure.
1: All right. So the current uh, market price of doing a full genome sequence is between $500 to $1,000. And we believe that within less than two years, it will reach the $99. And, and this, is, this is the point in time where we think a very large amount of populations are going to be sequenced because it's going to be very cheap. So the, this is the coin price. And I just uh, will remind that the first time it has been done, it cost $3 billion. <laughs>
2: so
1: now, now it's in the 500 and then we will get to the $99. Um, so this is the price for the entry point into the ecosystem, the, the sequencing. And, and then there are different packages of, of genetic tests. Now, what we are building is we took the same concept from, from Ethereum, the distributed applications, and we, we put it into genetics, And we we created the concept of of genetic distributed application, which means that any player in the genetic field can join our ecosystem and develop his own genetic tests into the marketplace and and earn tokens for that. And and this is an open system, which means that we do not earn anything from that. We just want to grow the ecosystem uh, to be the biggest one in the world. And so we are developing all the tools for the different players to join in and bring their knowledge in. And, and if we look into the future, it will be a big marketplace with different genetic services from different suppliers and, and, and researchers and, and healthcare institutes around the world. And this is the vision.
0: Yeah, so then it will require people like Minter to go and pay for 23 Me to go to Chronomics, whom I was a recent guest, and have my epigenetic testing. And then once I Minter's DNA has all these different tests Results that are anonymous, the researchers will benefit more. The more tests there are, the exactly. be, better able they are to understand. Oh, that's an interesting one. This is the, I need a hundred of these for my exactly. study. Exactly. Because otherwise, if I have any limited amount of readings, the the researchers are only going to be able to have a limited pool. And and this, this assumingly comes to the business model, which down the road with the marketplace, it's a data play. What is the, how do you well, plan to make money?
1: Well, we see ourselves in, in two places. The blockchain itself that we are building is going to be deployed under a non-profit foundation that we are building in Switzerland. Because we understand that this is something so big that it cannot be owned by someone or by a company. It should be operated uh, very cleanly uh, as the infrastructure for genetics. So we see the genetics, the Israeli startup. As one of the players in this ecosystem, we are going to build different genetic services and we have our own niche where where we excel and we are going to bring some new stuff to the world in genetics in the places that that we know how to to develop new stuff. Um, But we want all the different other players to join in and and, and because this is the big vision, that all the players will bring their knowledge into one ecosystem that will really excel the advancement of genetics and and what it can do for, for mankind.
0: And the, and the so Mankind Helps, how does Ofer Lidsky uh, get paid?
1: Well, the genetics is one of the players. We are building genetic services that will cost money for the, for the consumers. Right. So we will have a stream of, of, uh, of revenue from the different genetic services that we are going to build. We are going to offer development services and technical support for the different players that want to join into the ecosystem. So uh, we have a very detailed business plan of, of our of where we are
0: going. All right. What are the challenges then for this? Because, I mean, on the one hand, you know, as my, you know, we were talking in the beginning about the different technologies that you've explored and chosen to explore and invest in, yet blockchain is far from a common word. I mean, a lot of, you know, of course, once you're in it and you hear about it, everybody's talking about it. But let's say for the average farmer, it's not exactly on their radar yet. Much, you know, and, and... uh, and same for genetics it's you know it 's a term we, we all know we have a gene, but you know blah, 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 how many twenty three you don 't know RNA, DNA <laughs> it's still pretty vague. Um, how, how do you see this building out, and what do you see are the challenges for genetics to, to get through and become this worldwide platform?
1: Well, first of all, we have to look at blockchain as a technological solution. So for the consumer, he doesn't really care what's under the hood. I mean, he wants to get the genetic services and stay anonymous. He doesn't care how you do it. We, we chose blockchain to do it because it's the best way we found. But it's just a technology. Uh, so, so, and, and this is how we have, you have to uh, look at it. But genetics, it's a different ballgame. Genetics is going to a place where direct-to-consumer genetics is is growing very, very largely. Um, There are already millions of people uh, around the planet, and especially in the United States, that are doing direct-to-consumer genetics. And if we look at the graphs, it's going to grow very big in the next few years because the technology is there and it's now uh, available and it's becoming very cheap. So, uh, so the, also the prices of the genetic tests are really going to drop because genetics is going to go digital. And, and all the different tests that are currently being done in large laboratories are going to be performed on a computer. And, and all that will really enhance the usage of genetics. And, and, and if you look at medicine and where it's going, medicine is going to a place of personalized medicine and preventive medicine. And one of the pillars of preventive medicine is genetics. Because if you want to prevent something, genetics is the best tool to really know what what the future of an organism is based on the genetic code. So uh, we see a bright future for genetics and especially for direct-to-consumer genetics. And there are enormous challenges uh, wherever you look. One of the biggest things is one human genome is 1.5 gigabytes, uh, which is huge compared to any transaction that you currently see on any blockchain around the world. So we are attacking this problem from different angles. We already developed a compression tool that compresses any DNA by 75%, and we're going to reach a lot more. Uh, so, so this is one place we have to really challenge things. And, um, and if you look at regulations, this is something really big. Each country of the world has a different regulation for genetics, and it's growing in different countries, and it's not growing in other countries. And, and this is another challenge we have, we have to really face, uh, but this is something we are expert in. We've been doing it for a long time, and, and we've already been selling some genetic, the genetic services. So we know the laws and we know the different regulations and and all the stuff you need to do in or, in really to operate in this field. But it's really complicated, and there are major problems to be solved.
0: Yeah, and presumably there's also this issue of a standard. And uh, why Switzerland? Do you? I mean, you know, let's say Europeans tend to think that Switzerland is a safe place. Um, but do the Chinese and uh, and and you know other countries where there's also potentially a great marketplace for you, um, right? So it's it's fascinating area, uh, Ofer. I can I can definitely see that, and I really think that let's say another challenge is the medical area, because uh, you know whether it's the insurance side, the pharmacological side, and uh, and even this notion of prevention, which is still not common in the western world we're still sort of all in a reactive mode so there's a lot of things that you're trying to move at the same time so it's it's awfully exciting what about the medical community do you what's your in the ecosystem where are they because you know you have a lot of players you're trying to pull together yeah are are pharmacy companies pharmaceutical companies trying to get in with you yet or they look at you with a (laughs) sort of a weird eye are they or they say i want to buy you what are they what are they doing oh, uh,
1: well, all of the above <laughs> <laughs> really all of the above we, we, we saw all of them uh, they, they want to buy us they want they're interested they are not interested it depends on who but we were we were really surprised to see that some of the major pharma companies are really into blockchain and and they know what they are talking about and they they were really surprising us with their knowledge and and their openness for new technologies uh, and so so they, they identify there is something new and special that they, they have to be also in this party. If you look at the world, Ofer,
0: where do you see the most amount of your business uh, coming from? Maybe you could answer that in two ways. One is revenues into Dianetics. And the other one is number of collaborations and, and ecosystem players.
1: Well, yeah, you, you just mentioned the two markets. One is the B2C and the other is the B2B. Um, we see that as, as a process. Um, I believe that the first biggest market will be the B2C. People want to know more about themselves, and, and once you give them the tool, they will come and they will analyze their DNA and they will know more and they will, they will use it. And, and, and I, I think it has to start with that because you have to get to a, a certain amount of user base in order for the B2B to start operating. So uh, once we get, the, I don't know what the numbers are, let's say we get to uh, 5 million users, then we can really start to um, initiate researchers and, and, and stuff like that because you have you have uh, the enough data to work with. But if we have 500 users, we don't really have nothing to offer yet to, to others. So it has to start with the B2C and then grow into the B2B. This, this is how we see it.
0: And where do you see the biggest market for B2C in the next five years?
1: Well, currently we see uh, what's happening in the, in the U.S., which is the leader in, in the uh, direct-to-consumer uh, genetics. And uh, the current biggest market is the lifestyle market, which, which are different genetic tests that has to do... With uh, where your metabolism and uh, the way you um, metabolize alcohol, and, and, and even uh, you know some more exciting stuff from, like um, we had a genetic test that can predict whether someone will go bald at an early stage or at a later stage, and you can postpone that in ten years. So so this is something that people really like, you know. It's, uh, so I think this is the beginning where people are going to use it. Um, because I don't know how people are going to use, for example, an Alzheimer test. It's, it is something that's really hard and crucial that you have to do in, in with your doctor, and, and, and it's not yet, yet there. Although in the U.S., they broke the, the barrier, and, and 23andMe uh, got the FDA approval to sell direct-to-consumer Alzheimer tests, so someone can sit at home and and test his, himself for Alzheimer, which is... A breakthrough, um, but I think it will be a process until it will get there. So, so the lifestyle will be the first ones that will get in and, and will will be popular, and then so on and so on, and and we'll go will go to the more hardcore tests, which uh, which really makes sometimes a big difference and can really can really save lives.
0: Well, so at that, just to be understanding about the Alzheimer's, it's still a probability of having Alzheimer's. It's not a surefire prediction you are 100% well, going to be an alzheimer candidate
1: genetics is all about statistics uh, so so um, there, this is actually the different the difference between uh, different genetic tests what is the research behind it how what is the percentage of the prediction so there are tests which are close to 100% which are so good that if you have this mutation it's 100% that you're, you're going to have this condition. And there are tests that are less accurate that will give you an answer that you don't want to, uh, don't want to know. For example, uh, a 70% condition. So, so it's something that it's really hard to use. And this is why genetics still has a way to go in research, because this is exactly what they are doing in research. They are fine-tuning the probabilities that the test will be much more accurate. And, and you will not sit with an answer that you have 60% to have a condition. You know, it's like throwing a coin. Uh, and, and this is where we're going, to, to, to more accurate and, and better genetics.
0: And would you say that within either even excellent brain or genetics, you're part of the transhumanism movement?
1: Well, um, probably, yeah. There is, <laughs> there, there is some elements of that, yeah. Well, I believe that uh, the singularity that uh, Ray Kurzweil uh, told us about is uh, is something that, that's really happening, and uh, I really believe that blockchain is uh, one of the technologies of the singularity. It's really, uh, you know, the speed that, that the things are happening with the blockchain space. It's like a hundred times faster than the startup uh, uh, um, field. So it's really it looks like the singularity is happening
0: we're living in exciting times Ofer
1: well completely
0: oh listen Ofer so thanks for coming on the show um, how can someone reach you and get to understand a little bit more about let's say DNA, genetics but also any of your other activities what, is there like a hub of all these places or do we need to go to each one separately
1: well, uh, currently it's separate, but, but if you go to Dianetics, um, you can contact me through LinkedIn or through our info, email, or whatever. Um, it's, I'm, I'm really easy to be, uh, to be contacted.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll put all that in the show notes. Uh, Ofer, thanks for coming on the show, and thanks for what you're doing for humanity. It sounds awfully interesting, and I can't wait. Or at least I, I certainly am very curious to stay in touch with what you're doing and, and how
1: it evolves. Great. Thank you very much and uh, I really hope to do good things.
0: Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Show. You'll find the show notes and other blog posts on mintodialogue.com. If you enjoyed the show, please like the handy Facebook button, or better yet, head over to iTunes to give a rating and review. But first, relax, to Joss Sax's Paint.
2: Oh, fill me With all your colors any different way